This is Neil Erwitz. I'm the Director of External Relations at the Center for a New American Security. And we're here today with Mira Rapp-Hooper and Harry Kresa at the, uh, of CNAS's Asia-Pacific Security Program. Uh, they've written a new report that is both pressing and timely called Congress and Asia Strategy in the Trump Administration. Thank you both for, for joining. Thanks Thank for having you. us, Neil. Uh, so what role will or does Congress have to play in U.S. policy in Asia? Is it going to be an expansive role? Well, Congress will have a role in Asia strategy and foreign policy more generally that will likely be more visible than we're used to. Uh, especially in international affairs, the Trump administration is coming in with some of the most policy uncertainty of any administration in recent memory. And as a result, I think we're going to see a disproportionate demand for Congress's institutional memory in American foreign policy over the next few years. Now, how expansive or narrow that role will be is largely up to Congress. Congress has an array of tools and plenty of historic precedent to influence foreign affairs, from Alexander Hamilton's legislative, dis uh, legislative diplomacy on down to confirmation hearings uh, like those that we're going to see in the coming days and weeks. And so then how would you characterize Congress's role? Is it a check, an advisory, both, neither? Uh, I would uh, characterize Congress's role as one that shapes the administration's foreign policy using tools that are sometimes advisory and sometimes straight-up checks. Uh, hearings are one of those advisory tools. Uh, they can give members of Congress the opportunity to engage in fact-finding, make clear their concerns or preferences, and to seek accountability mechanisms by putting the administration on record about specific policies. Congress can also fund and require national security agencies to issue reports, which is a tool to ensure the administration is putting the intellectual capital into ideas Congress feels are important, but not necessarily getting top-level attention. And of course, there are the blunter instruments that could be characterized as clearly checks. Congress controls the proverbial purse strings, and if they wanted to block a presidential initiative, Congress can refuse to authorize or appropriate funds for it. Perfect. And then, um, so do you uh, imagine Congress or the Trump administration uh, pushing for continuity in Asia policy or uh, really trying something completely different? Well, when it comes to the way that Congress is thinking about change versus continuity in Asia policy, I think there are a few key areas where it's clear that Congress will have an interest in continuity. And that is namely the places where they've already put their stamp of approval in the first place. We can certainly think of Congress having a role in keeping U.S. alliances on track, uh, because U.S. alliances, of course, uh, do come in the form of treaties uh, that have been approved of by the Senate, although many of those were uh, signed uh, decades ago. We can also think of Congress having an important role in non-treaty partnerships, such as the partnership between the United States and Taiwan. The relationship with Taiwan is governed by the Taiwan Relations Act, in addition to a number of additional assurances that have been put in place since. So Congress will certainly continue to be deeply interested in uh, the defense and security relationship with Taiwan. So I certainly expect to see uh, Congress people, senators on both sides of the aisle, deeply interested and engaged in how U.S. alliances in Asia evolve um, and the degree to which there is continuity between the Trump administration and prior administrations. So then what priorities for Asia do you think Congress has that uh, the Trump administration will not have and vice versa? 
Well, it's obviously very hard to tell. There have not been very many concrete policy proposals uh, tossed out by this embryonic administration, but there are a few areas where I think we can look with some interest. Uh, first has to do with the size of the U.S. Navy overall. Uh, in a, an article that was published shortly before the election, uh, a few Trump advisors suggested that the United States was going to push for a 350-ship Navy in a Trump administration. There's certainly been support for this idea since from the Trump camp. Um, while I think there is a lot of appetite in Congress for some amount of defense reform and for lifting the sequester, a 350-ship Navy is going to be a harder sell. Uh, that's a, a serious proposition from a budgetary perspective, and of course it is a very long-term initiative. Uh, so we should certainly wait and watch to see what comes of this 350-ship Navy proposal that the Trump administration uh, may trot out. A second area in which I'm interested to see the degree to which the Trump administration and Congress are aligned uh, is North Korea. There has been an extraordinary amount of bipartisan support in Congress in just this last year for tougher sanctions against North Korea, particularly since North Korea's fourth nuclear test, and now just this fall, its fifth nuclear test. Uh, just in the last week, we've also seen threats out of North Korea that it may test an ICBM, intercontinental ballistic missile. So one can imagine Congress clamoring for further sanctions in the wake of such a test like that. But we really haven't heard concrete policy proposals from the Trump administration uh, on North Korea, and we don't know if there's an appetite for sanctions, either against North Korea itself or secondary sanctions, perhaps against China, um, or rather Chinese entities that continue to support North Korea's uh, nuclear and missile programs. So that's a big open question, change versus continuity on, on North Korea policy and sanctions. I would also point to a third area where we should keep a watchful eye, um, and that is in the maritime space with respect to security assistance to U.S partners in Southeast Asia. And oh, particularly in the South China Sea. Are in and around the South China Sea. Over the course of the Obama administration, there's been quite fruitful cooperation between the Pentagon and Congress uh, in setting up a maritime security initiative for Southeast Asia, which helps partners in and around the South China Sea build their capacity so that they can hopefully improve their ability to defend themselves. Uh, this initiative is funding partner capacity building for the Philippines, Vietnam, uh, Malaysia, uh, and Indonesia. Um, and it is a five-year program uh, that has a few years left in front of it. But again, there has not been any sort of concrete statement yet from the Trump team on what their South China Sea policy is going to look like. So we don't know if there's going to be appetite for future security assistance efforts. And I certainly expect that Congress will be interested to see in how those initiatives develop. Well, then there is going to be a lot to discuss over the next six months and four years and on into the future. So thank you again, Mira and Harry, for uh, explaining. The full report, Congress and Asia Strategy in the Trump Administration, is available at www.cnas.org.